Welcome to The Stack, a weekly podcast where we discuss the latest in the world of marketing, sales, and tech so that you can cut through all the noise, know which developments you should be paying attention to, and so you can become a better marketer. How concise was that? Oh, thank that you was, very that much. Was, that was like radio goal. Yeah. Well, today is Friday, December 14th, 2018, almost 2019. We're going to mess that up when it becomes a new year too. I, I always do I, feel like the first three months of the year. Yeah. Filling in various things over the past week I've been... Oh, yeah. Planning out... Isn't it wild that we're almost at 20? No, it's not wild. I hate it and I want it to stop. Like we're in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Really not. Um, 1990. Right? Was almost 30 years ago. I made my first website, what, 97 or 98? That's dumb. 20 years ago? Sigh. Uh, Today is, I already said the date. So we're coming (laughs) to you from Pepperland Marketing here in Cheshire, Connecticut. We're up to episode number 33. Which that's crazy. Yeah. And as always, we've got some really good uh, updates. I'm Sean Henry here with Ryan Sylvester and Tim Stabersky. Yes. How's your week <laughs> going, guys? Uh, good. I had yeah. a good week. Yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim, did you like that snow yesterday? I hated it, um, but better than, better than the last time it snowed. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. We had a bit of a mm, surprise. Anomaly snow. Yeah. In November. Yeah. And I may or may not have broken into Sean's house at 11 o'clock at night. It's true. It's true. It was an interesting tale, which I think we talked about in an earlier we episode. We may have. We, we may might have. have. Yeah. We'll supply the, the <laughs> we'll surveillance footage. You really should put that to good use. Yeah. I know. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. I, I really should have. I mean, you still have it, right? Or did it delete? I don't know. Oh, wow. Opportunity. So I, um, if you're wondering what the heck we're talking about, I have a, a nest. I shouldn't be sharing this. <laughs> well, now they know not to break All into right, your house. So we'll, we'll cancel this story. <laughs> yeah. We, we have We have some funny footage of Tim panicking in our driveway. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so each week we, uh, we kind of bring you the highlights of all the interesting articles, blog posts, content that, um, we read throughout the week. There's obviously a, a flood of it and, um, we try to make it easy for you. We boil it all down into the takeaways, but not just that we're adding a new section this week. That's right. It's going to be a reg- a new regular thing. What are we calling it guys? I don't honestly remember. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to come up with a name with it. <laughs> well, right now, I think it will, will, app of the week. App yeah. of the week. So yeah. the show's called the the stack, and it's because we're supposed to be talking about you know all these, you know, what is your marketing stack? What is your sales stack? Like your growth stack? What are all the different things that you're using to tools, apps, software, whatever you want to call it, that are helping you grow your business, right? And we never really talk about any of the new tools. So, <laughs> well, we we used to on we the used on, to the, on the video. Yeah. For in the video format, we we demonstrated them a lot. Yeah, but it, it's so we're bringing it back. We're yeah. bringing it back. We'll have a new section today. Hopefully, you guys like it. Um, but we always start the podcast by bringing you, you know, the two or three things that really stood out to us this week, and uh, what you should be doing with that information. So, I'll I'll start. Sound good? Um, so sure. this update actually comes from Bing, which we don't talk about Bing all that much, but it is still pretty important uh, search engine. And they released new software, um, web analytics software. Uh, it's called Clarity. Um, it's actually, uh, I would say, a close competitor to Hotjar. Um, it's not quite, we call it web analytics, but it's not web analytics in the Google Analytics sense. It's more web analytics in understanding, you know, what are people looking at? What are they uh, getting confused about on your website? So it gives you heat maps, uh, session recordings. If you're familiar with Hotjar, Hotjar does this really, really well. We love Hotjar. But what I like about Clarity is that they took it a step further and they build in artificial intelligence to group together mm. similar sessions. Ooh, yeah. 
so you could quickly detect those patterns without having to watch hundreds of session recordings, which is always interesting, but you know, it could take up a bit of your time. Um, and is definitely going to be ripped off by Hotjar in the near future. Yeah. So Hotjar <laughs> oh, probably sure. had a bad day when, when, you know, they were probably a little bit down the, the dumps, but I'm sure they'll come up with their own version of this. But anyway, just to uh, give you the, um, um, actually jumped way ahead, huh? This was the last thing we talked about. So <laughs> let me scroll down to my notes. Sorry guys. Okay. Well, so the, if you want to read about this, it was published on, um, Bing blogs and the headline was introducing clarity, a product to visualize user interactions at scale to optimize conversion, engagement and retention, which is that's really, a, really important. It's a hell of a headline. Yeah. So, um, the, the three things that they allow you to do is, again, mouse movements. So where people, the way people read a blog, um, any kind of page on your website is they move their mouse along the words, you know, so you could see where their focus is. Um, so watching that mouse movement is really helpful. But where are they touching? If it's a touch device, um, where are they clicking? Things like that. Um, they also gave an interesting example of uh, detecting malware. Um, and I don't know if that's a, a baked in feature or not, but it's, anyway, you should go to the article, read through it. Um, more importantly, I would recommend that you actually give this a spin. It's free. Um, so especially if you have a large website, gets a lot of traffic, having very small improvements in your conversion rate can be gold, you know, have monumental impact and a tool like this will really help you uncover those opportunities. So if you're getting thousands of visitors to your website every month, tens of thousands. Um, you should absolutely have a tool like this in place already. But if you don't get on it, start using this. Even I mean, small websites would find value, but yeah. especially those bigger websites. Yeah. I mean, a website that let's say you have a million visitors a month, it, it just an increase in conversion rate of 0.01% yep. would mean like a hundred new conversions totally. each month, like, which is crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. So, so this is pretty cool. Um, so I'll scroll back up to the top. <laughs> I was going to say, let's start at the beginning. We were, yeah, I'm sorry about no, that. Okay. Um, and this, Ryan, this yeah, is so, yours, right? Um, I got to hang out with John. It, have we decided on his last name? I'm going to uh, say it's it's not pronounced like the detective, so it's Mueller. Okay. I, I believe it's Mueller. All right. Whatever his, John John Mueller. Um, he does a live stream every once in a while with his webmaster buddies and friends and people of the community. And I, I have started to attend them and kind of take notes and, of the important stuff and simple things you can implement uh, on your site. Uh, so the first question uh, that he answered was, does connecting an AMP page to a normal HTML page affect ranking? Tim, do you know what an AMP page is? Yeah. Can you tell the listeners? It's that, um, like, it, well, now that I'm losing the, I, I want to say it, I'm just having a hard time framing it. It's Tim the fast know. loading version of your website um, that's specifically designed to be served up over um, a mobile connection. It That's kind of a very out, long explanation. Kind of strips out yeah. some of the features that might right. cause a page to load right. slower. So it's it's a very like fast moving mobile web page, um, basically. So it, as we all know, uh, page speed can be an influencer in rankings and, and such like that. So uh, John's response was: If you connect an AMP page to an HTML page, it is likely to have little effect on ranking. This is a signal to Google that we can display the AMP link rather than the normal HTML, which might be a better user experience, but still comes down to the content on that site. So what, I, go ahead. I, just, I guess I just have my question. What, what does it mean by connecting, like connecting an AMP page? 
Well, because it's, I really think that I didn't hear the question, but I, th I think it, the guy's just asking, is AMP going to boost my rankings? Right. Oh, so he means right. like if you create an AMP version. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He just didn't word it. I, yeah. I just wasn't such. sure yeah. if that's what he meant by that. Um, but yeah, interesting. I mean, I think that it was a good answer from, from John just because like he's always talking about focusing on the content side instead of like, you know, SEO and speed, even though it's important, but you know, content is first. It is. It's it's kind of a confusing answer to me because mm. um, page speed is a ranking signal currently. True. Not the biggest, but it is a, a ranking signal. Mm. Certainly good. Improving your page speed is certainly good for your users. So he he's saying, um, you know, improving speed is going to be better for your users, but their ranking consideration is primarily looking at the the value of the content, which I get. Mm. But I think over time it, it might influence it more than what it is now. Yeah. But, um, I feel like as a trend, we've been um, like Google has been downplaying some of the more technical. Well, they don't factors. want, so this, so John tends to interact with highly technical marketers and a lot of folks in the SEO community just obsess over yeah. algorithm changes and what does it mean? And, you know, they give all these changes a name and Google's always like, yeah, that really was nothing. It's just us making some fine tuning. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you need to do. <clears throat> so I think a part of his responses come from a, point of view, like you guys are, are focusing on the wrong thing. Focus on your users, focus on right. improving the quality of your content, including right. improving your user experience and you're going to benefit. Yeah. What we're doing and the guidelines we're giving you matters, but it's secondary to these things. And gotcha. Some people, yeah, they're only obsessed yeah. with the algorithm no, that makes changes and not enough about what their users need. Number two. Question number two. Um, <laughs> is it okay to not reply or respond to a comment on a news post or really any anything in the comment section. Uh, second, secondly, <laughs> should I be monitoring the types of comments on my site if they had an effect on rankings? Why are you laughing? Oh, this pains me. But what did he say? Um, John said, from a search point of view, we will see this content to be a part of your page, and this content this <laughs> this is content that you want to be found for. You may think that it is not beneficial for your users, or it's a magnet for spammy links, and you can choose to remove them. In general, we see this content and we'll grade it as such. <laughs> so there's a perfect example of people worrying about the wrong things. Right. Still important, but... If people are asking you questions on your website, you should be replying to totally. them. Well, it, I mean, if it's somebody just being a troll. Mm. It is interesting that, you know, to see that it, it's... It, yeah, they that they treat it. They yeah, see they, it as they a piece treat of it. Your yeah, content. a piece of your content. So, like, if people are dropping these spammy links in your comment section, like, it's going to go against you. So you Which should, is one of those reasons why you should always strip that. So the, there has yeah. definitely been some recent discussion about having like a rich, like highly engaged community commenting on your website. Does that influence rankings? He is sort of validating that. Yes, yeah, it does. Right. 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 Um, so, so another takeaway there is the more you can facilitate a conversation on your site. Right. Yeah, um, and I find that if if you do give thoughtful replies to the comments, that for some reason it tends to trigger additional comments. It's like some proof to the people reading the content for the first time. Hey, this is an actual person who wrote this. So if I have a question, right. I may get a reply yeah, as well. Right. So if you're wondering, should I be encouraging commenting? Should I be replying? Yes, do that. Go all in. Um, last question that I wanted to bring up is, uh, Google rolled out that new markup for your page to, uh, quickly tell Google, like it's a question and answer page. And this person said, we have put in place a new code for rich reviews. So we can get our Q and A's displayed in search results, but are getting error messages for the ones that don't have any answers yet. How can I stop this? 
John's response basically sums up as if you don't have any answers there, then don't put the code there. <laughs> um, which seems simple, but you know, if you're if you're trying to aggregate all of these questions and answers on one page, you kind of get ahead of the game and uh try to try to plan for that. But um interestingly enough, he said that like the crawling of this and if if it's still displaying uh, an error message or whatever, it's not really gonna impact anything. But I think as people start rolling these out more and more, it's gonna it might change, but for now, it's not like a big thing. Well, I think the big, the bigger thing there is, like, as a searcher, I don't want to go to a website that's displaying an error message in, in the surface. Right, right. No, <laughs> I, I just, it, it's interesting. Like, uh, as soon as they roll something new like this out, and how many people jump on it, and yeah, you know, but it, it's kind of one of those things. If you're telling Google you have something and you don't, you're, you know, well, you're lying. Yeah, who, yeah. but who knows? Like, he's saying it's not a big deal, but who knows? Like, what that actually means? Yeah. But I don't know. Cool. All right, I think I'm up next. Throw it over to you, Tim. Uh, so earlier this week, I saw this article over on Vox.com. Um, it's titled, Online Reviews Will Never Help You Find the Best Product. Uh, that doesn't mean they aren't useful. Um, and it was written by Gabby Delval. <laughs> always. Always I'm with gonna, the question. Gonna, that's the, what I'm going to say. Um, and so this was written, the article itself was written um, with a consumer in mind, like the consumer is the person reading the article, but it has some valuable takeaways um, for businesses too. The, the big, um, well, just to quote them, product reviews in theory are a very good idea. If you're buying a thing, why not consult the opinions of hundreds of people who have already bought and used that very thing? If you're trying to decide between three televisions, why not skim the reviews to see which is the best television? But product reviews, much like the comments section of news articles, are mostly a cesspool of poorly formed, strongly held opinions. They'll never actually help you determine which television is the absolute objective best, um, but that doesn't mean they don't serve a specific and useful purpose. To get the most out of reviews, you can't just rely on an aggregated star ranking system. You actually have to read them. Um, which if you've ever compared online, if you've ever, ever compared reviews online, like, you know, that to be true. You, you don't, you can't just say, look at the, you know, this product has four out of five stars. It must be good. You read the, you actually read the reviews. Yeah. You, you, I, yeah. I, I always read, well, I've, I always start with the bad reviews first. Like I want to know when I buy this, like what is the downfall and can I live with it? Yeah. And what, uh, what I tend to do is I start with the, the top, like the best mm. and then I check out the worst. That way I, I see this is what people get really excited about. Mm -hmm. This is what people really hate. I can form my own opinion right. based off of that balance. Um, and what this this Vox article is explaining is more or less that they 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 saw a similar pattern. That's what the actual consumer is using the reviews for more than this aggregate score. Mm. Um, so if you're a business who is collecting reviews, and you should be because they're really helpful. Um, it's more important, it's less important to worry, I guess, about what that aggregate review is and whether or not it's as perfect as it can be. Um, and more important that you're getting these really fully formed opinions mm. fleshed out right. from your customers. Um, but it's also really important that if you have negative reviews, you're responding to them, you're replying to them. Right. Um, Which goes back to that, you know, whole responding to a comment thing, treating it as content on your website well it's, it's it's also just like you're in a sense you're creating a community um but it also if someone points out a, a negative thing about your product or your mm. service 
and it's something you're working to address, tell them, like, right. say we're working right. to address this. Um, if it's, if it was a glitch, tell them that it's been fixed. Um, it'll, it can go far in helping you, um, attract that new business from the people that are really considering. It also takes a lot of effort. I mean, it doesn't seem like it, but it takes a lot of effort for someone to go out and write a review. Yeah. And I feel like the people that are, are giving you those good reviews, like maybe there's a reward, you know, uh, process. If they leave, if they buy enough and leave enough reviews, like, you know, you can offer them. You're saying so there might be some skeptic, some skeptical skeptivity. The people reading the reviews might be skeptical <laughs> of the um, positive could reviews. You, could you say that word again? No. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. When, when I mean, I'm when I see um, overly enthusiastic reviews over and over and over again without any like personal like tidbits sprinkled in, I'm highly suspicious. Like those Amazon oh, Twitter yeah. accounts. Yeah. I, I think yeah, I, there, yeah. There's definitely a lot of fake stuff out there, but. Um, it is pretty easy to ask somebody who just tells you they had a positive experience. Hey, would you go write about it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I, yeah, no, I mean, if, if someone like, I, I, I don't know, sometimes I go to restaurants like, Hey, if you had a great time, here's my like link, go rate me as a, you know, waiter or waitress or whatever. I never do it. Yeah. But for our, our type of clients, um, you know, which tend to like their, their purchases, their mm. the business exchange tends to be more like, you know, significant yeah, value more, more than like a just one-off kind of thing. So not like an Applebee's? No, <laughs> not like an Applebee's, but if you just bought like a $10,000 product or something like that, people mm. feel a little bit more anyway, but yeah, um, <laughs> not, rep- I mean, I like the point about not replying to reviews. It's just silly that people will not do that. Yeah. I don't know. Especially one, one, one last bit here. I see a lot of times businesses will have negative comments or negative reviews in their social media accounts. Like they'll post something and they'll get a flood of this negative negativity and they never respond. Yeah. It's weird. They never reply. It's like, that's even to say, I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like you're paying, like let's <laughs> say you're paying someone to manage your social media account. Why would that? I, I love, I love the ads. I love it when an ad gets a bunch of negativity and then like you, are spending money on promoting all those insults. And they're not even monitored. Oh it's crazy. God. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I tagged you on somebody's ad uh, on Twitter the other day. Oh, not, but not like, yeah, it was an ad. It oh. was an ad. So they, um, we, I saw an ad on Twitter that uses a stock photo that we used in like 2016 or something that oh. I've seen all over the web millions of times. And it, uh, I'm going on the side thing here. Sorry, <laughs> I actually thought that you were tagged. I actually thought that they had shared our article when oh. I saw that, when oh. you tagged me in it. No, so no, I was no. Sad. Yeah. This was for their own thing. They're just using the same image. So now I'm sad. I was happy. Now I'm sad. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> no anyway, um, <laughs> another thing that caught my eye this week was, uh, this article titled the LinkedIn algorithm, how it works. Um, so I feel like we, we treat LinkedIn as the more serious place to get your content seen and appreciated rather than Facebook or Twitter. I could be wrong. That's how I, it depends on your professional. Right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I take it. Um, so users seem to be more understanding and have more serious engagements, uh, on the LinkedIn platform related to business and, you know, marketing in general. Um, but the question always is like, how can I get my content noticed? And uh, Joshua Boyd for Brandwatch uh, went into great detail about this LinkedIn algorithm. And I, I took a stab at understanding and really diving into like how it works. I, I encourage you to go to his, uh, go to this article because he, he, he kind of tees up this great, uh, this 
great graphic that shows you the path and start here. If you know, if you meet this requirement, then go on this path. If not, then go on this path. And it kind of breaks it down in like a really easy to understand, um, you know, process. Did you guys take a look at that? What are, what are his, uh, okay. So I'm here. Here we go. How to write a good LinkedIn post. Yeah. Number one, offer something of value. <laughs> yeah. So like his, his points of his, his tips are like, I would, I would say basic and kind of, uh, you know, can apply to a lot of different things. Uh, we kind of see a lot of the same guidance from Google on content, but I'll go into them really I, quickly. Go, well, ahead. go ahead. No, yeah, I'll share them and then I have, uh, a, I have a thought. Number one <laughs> is offer something of value. Tell the community about a discovery instead of an element of your business. Number two is get people talking. LinkedIn wants to see people communicating on your post. Uh, walking, walking the line of controversy is likely the way to do this, but always be cautious. <laughs> uh, number three is posting external content might pose problems. LinkedIn, much like other platforms, wants you to stay on their site, so be selective when posting your own content. That's the one. All right. I keep walking away and coming back to the mic. Um, so uh, there's been a lot of talk about this lately that um, the social networks want to keep people within the social network. Right. So whether it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, if you, let's just say you have two options. One is to take all that content and have it live solely in your post. Okay. So that is, that is the content. It's your social post. Right. Versus giving a little teaser that leads them to your own content. The one where you're delivering all that value within the social network is going to do infinitely better mm-hmm. on the social network. Right. Because yeah. that is what the, the networks want. They want to keep you on site. They want to make their own websites the destination for valuable content. So you're okay with that. Um, It probably makes sense to stop publishing things on social media that leads back to your blog. But then you don't have a clear path to retain those users, right? So what I I think seems to be happening is um, if if you're at a, a, well, I don't know that I don't fully, I haven't fully fleshed out my own thoughts here, but um, it's like you have to have a separate stream of content for social media, separate from the content that you're publishing on your website and on your blog, because social media is no longer going to be a a direct path back to your website. Um, But it can be a powerful way to build a brand and develop loyalty within the network. Right. But it's supplemental content. So you're saying by posting, like let's say you wanted to post, a link to your blog post on LinkedIn, but mm-hmm. you're saying give like a short, you know, like, like, like a short description of your blog post or an idea from it and just hope that it's high quality enough that people are interested and they just travel to your website. Is that what you're saying? What, what I'm saying is that, so like LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, if you, if you take all the content that you wrote in that blog post and like yep. you literally copy and paste it into LinkedIn, yeah, no link back to your blog post. That's going to do better than if you take, even write like a little teaser of that blog right. post and then include a link back to it. That's mm-hmm. what that's what LinkedIn wants. They want to keep people on the mm-hmm. site. Same is true with Facebook. Same is true with uh, I've, I've Twitter. I've been seeing that on Facebook more. Yeah. So, so how do you make that work for you? Maybe it is rehashing the same content in a slightly different way. Um, you know, with some supplemental stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you could take like we're doing now. You could take like your three or four or five takeaways from the article. Yep. Maybe you do a quick write-up on LinkedIn, but then publish a short video where you're you're talking through those highlights. 
And then at the end of that, say, we talk more about this on the blog, so be sure to to go check it out. And right. then that maybe leads to a Twitter, uh, I mean, a Google search that is going to bring them back to your website. But yeah, it seems like you have to put the content in the network yeah. now. And it, it removes friction from the network, but it adds friction to getting them back to your website. Think, yeah, it makes it harder. It's more work you need to do. Yeah. yeah. It's no longer just a promotion channel for your content. It needs to be its own thing. You heard it here first. So into the lightning round or app of the week? Let's do the app of week. App of week. App of week. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I said it funny, so I figured I'd keep saying it funny. Um, what is the app of the week, Tim? While I scroll down. The app of the week is SEO Minion, a new it, newer tool that was released by, well, it is the parent company called Keywords Everywhere, or is that just? I'm not sure, but it's I, the same people who made it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so sure if you if you if you're using Keywords Everywhere, you're probably seeing their short ad at the bottom. Um, but their tagline on their website is the Alfred to your Batman, Mushroom to your Super Mario, Lightsaber to your Jedi Knight. You get the point. Which wow, I thought was great. So I I came up with this, so I'll tell you guys why. For for starters, I here's the interesting thing. I tend not to pay attention to most of the emails that make their way to my inbox (laughs) (laughs) unless it's coming from somebody who's already earned my loyalty. Keywords Everywhere, which is a Chrome extension. I think we've talked about it earlier. It's a fantastic Chrome extension. Mm. I use it every single day. Um, There are other extensions that do kind of the same thing, but basically what that extension does is it surfaces um, the people also search for information that is kind of hidden there in the search results page. So at the bottom of the search results page, you'll see those additional queries. Or if you click on a result and hit the back button and go back mm-hmm. to Google, it will reveal some additional queries. So when we're doing keyword research for our clients or for our own content, we rely on that information all the time. So I trust that they're going to create good quality products because they've done that in the past. They sent an email earlier this week announcing this new extension called SEO Minion checked it out and it was really good. Um, so if you are familiar with the Moz bar, which is another extension that we, we love to use, this feels like a direct competitor to that. Um, what it does is allows you to analyze a lot of those kind of common on-page SEO um, elements of a page. So if, if you're trying to figure out how can I get my page to rank higher in search results, you're gonna look at your title tag. You're gonna look at your meta description you're going to look at your use of H1s, H2s, things like that. You might also want to be looking at, um, you know, is this page taking good use, making good use of some of the social markup, like open graph tags? Mm -hmm. And this extension surfaces all that stuff. Um, But what I really like about it, so it it does, it surfaces that information in a really easy to understand way. It's nice, clean, easy um, user interface. But the next step is I now need to refine this stuff. I don't like how my title tag is appearing on the search results page. My meta description is getting truncated or I think it's just not that compelling. I want to make it better. Um, It gives you a preview. Like you can make those edits directly in the extension and preview how that's going to look in the search results page while you're staring at the content. So you're not kind of breaking your workflow a little Mm -hmm. bit. And I think that's really nice. I really like that. It's something you can do like if you're a little techie. And you can get into like the code. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, like you can do that yourself, but this just makes it so much easier. Yeah, totally. So the great, great extension. It's free. Um, I feel bad because it probably is competing with one of our other beloved uh, Chrome extensions, <laughs> the Moz bar, but you know, competition's good. It'll 
push him to it pushes innovation. Yeah, exactly. So we'll have a link, uh, link in the show notes and definitely, and you guys have been using this a little bit, right? I've been using yeah, it Ryan's for a while. Been using like, it for a while. I, the first day that it rolled out and the ad at the bottom of keywords everywhere, I was like, okay, I'm going to get it. So I've been, I haven't had it for a while. So I, I love it. It, it. it does everything that I need to do for that quick, quick and dirty analysis. You can quickly change your title tag and bad description on the fly while looking at the content. And it's fast. It's really fast. And that's something that's bothered me about some of the other extensions. Yeah. They they get to be a little bit slow. They or take buggy. Long t- very buggy. Yeah. And um, only using this for a few days now, I, I feel like it's much faster yeah. and easier to use. So strongly, strongly recommend it. And just to answer my question from earlier, Keywords Everywhere is a product by Axeman Tech, who also creates something called Keyword Keg, which I'll have to check out. Oh yeah, that's and right. It's a part of it's a part of Keywords Everywhere. Gotcha. Okay, and then um, Dom Cop, which is Domain Cop. Awesome. Um, cool. So you learned something new. Cool. Lightning, Lightning round? round. All right. <laughs> um, as Where's we that get, sound effect, guys? I don't know. We need a sound effect. I'll add it. Um, as we get closer to the end of the year, most companies are looking back. So a couple of things on our list. Number one is uh, Google Year in Search 2018. Kind of just gives you a short video of what people search for this year. Memories. Cool. <laughs> uh, the second one was how our data got hacked, scandalized, and abused in 2018. So that makes scary. me sad. Who, who who was that? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know lightning that round was is fast lightning company. fast. Well, it's published on Fast Company, but it's mm. not wow. going to be the. Let's. Um, I got to find out. It is mini. No, that's a stock. Who's the company? It was Marcus. Oh, are they is it? He's like he's speaking as a member of the public. That's what it is. Interesting. Yeah. So our, I think everybody I know had their data stolen this year. We were and you dug into that the, other, that the other week, Tim. Your, oh, yeah. your passwords have been stolen. People listening to the podcast, your passwords have been stolen. Not yeah. from our podcast. Your puppy's <laughs> name has been stolen. Your um, my the street you grew up on has been stolen. Your high school has been stolen. All that information's out there. Are you okay with that? Yes. Something to think about. Um, I'm not okay with it, but frankly, you have a choice. There's nothing I can do about it. Right. Number three, Facebook Watch, what we've built and what's ahead. Hopefully something good. I I have a love-hate relationship with this thing. That's all you have to say. Well, this is lightning round. You <laughs> okay. Know? All right. There you go. Wait. I, wait, I will wait. Say, oh, Facebook Watch. I was say, I'm confused. I don't Sean. have no Facebook Watch. I have an Apple Watch. <laughs> I think they mean the, like watching the videos, Facebook Watch. Yes. Oh, not, yeah. Not a so you watch. can tell it's not a product I'm using either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on. Uh, official what a terrible AMP name for WordPress. Allow sites to be built entirely with AMP. Can I pause? Can we go back to Yes, that Facebook is a Watch bad thing? What a bad name, name for a product name. What? Facebook Watch. It'd be like if I was a boxing company and it was like Tim's Clockers <laughs> or something. It's like you're going to clock you upside the head. People would walk in looking to buy a clock. Do you, do you guys, either of you watch like, I feel like Tim does. Do you watch extensive video on Facebook? Hours and hours every really? night. Every night. I refuse to watch video on Facebook. I just watch funny cat But you know what's funny is that I have, I, I, I pulled a Tim the hours other day and, and I was That's, in Snapchat and I was like scrolling through the videos and I was like, this is pretty entertaining. Some of the Snapchat videos can Some of be. it is, is okay. But then, you know, I, I'm like Facebook, Instagram. You really, you really watch hours of video? Hours. On hours. On, on your phone? Hours. Yep. Before I go to bed. Unbelievable. And I, I sit there and I watch like the same wilderness guy that goes out in the middle of the woods and cooks like, you know, 
Do you like actually follow shows? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's one guy that goes out in the middle of the woods and he cooks like this, you know, grass-fed all this stuff like with nature. <laughs> it's crazy. Now, can I keep Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, do you do you subscribe to cable? I don't have cable. Okay. And is that because you get enough content out of things like Facebook Watch or do you think you spend as much time watching that because you don't have cable? Mostly because I can't afford cable. Okay. But <laughs> so, if you had the choice, you probably would still opt for for cable. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. The, yeah. These are interesting trends. Because see, here's, here's know, what so. happens. Like I go home and I, I put on The Office that I've seen a million times. I was watching times. The Office yeah. last night. A Good million stuff. times. And Good I stuff. just, I hop on my phone because I, I don't even care about what's on TV because I don't see anything new. I was watching the Casual Friday episode. Oh, where Toby shuts down. Uh, yeah, so yeah. good. So good. Although, Jim, office. I don't know why anybody likes Jim. Jim is the worst. <laughs> Jim is the worst character on The Office. Phyllis is the worst character. What? Oh, yeah. What is wrong with you? Doesn't, so wait, nice. doesn't Tim look like Dwight a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's saying that specifically because I told him that I hated when someone once told me I looked like Dwight. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, Anyways, sorry, guys. Uh, uh, what, else, what else we got? Uh, the one that uh, was after that was official AMP app. For WordPress allows sites to be built entirely within AMP. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Twitter says government governments are ramping up their demands for user data. <sighs> That's all I'll say about that. And I don't want to read the last one because I've got to be honest, I, I didn't look at it. I put this one in. Oh, you did? Okay. Google I was Chrome say. is poised to swallow the whole internet. <laughs> that sounds... Uh, don't say it. <laughs> so uh, this is actually going to the fact that um, Microsoft, Microsoft right, recently yeah. announced that they're kind of oh, killing yeah. Edge, yeah. the yeah. Edge app, um, and that Google Chrome is going to be their their go-to browser um, for new um, hardware. Yeah. Um, which it, there's all kinds of um, good things about it, but there's also all kinds of kind of negative things about it. So it's, it's an interesting read. Um, It'll make the, uh, what, from what I've gathered, it'll make the web um, be a better place, but it also just really kind of squashes, like removes a lot of competition from the equation. Yeah. I really wonder where we're going to be in 10 years. Oh, Google everything. Yeah, Monopoly. Google, but what about like, I don't know, just our data ads. Anyway, that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. So if you thought this was swell, we would love it. Swell. <laughs> we would love it if you left us a swell review. <laughs> Um, feel free to use the word swell. I think it'll make that review stand out a little bit more. And if you leave us a negative review, we will respond. How would I respond to that? I would say, <laughs> well, sorry, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> the most dad response ever. You can find us on Gosh, SoundCloud. Darn it. I wish we did better. iTunes and now Spotify. Yeah. So, oh yeah. New this week. Yes, Spotify. New so this you week. could listen on your Google home device. Yep. Or just on the app. Alexa? Uh, does that tap into Spotify? I imagine it does. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, search for the stack and scroll down. Because not at the top yet, but we will be. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's we'll it. We'll see you next week. Okay, bye. I need some outro music. We have it. <laughs> I'll start playing it right now. <laughs> <laughs>